Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 551. Shouldn't that just be called falafel? We'll talk about some falafel this week, and as well as we've got some jokes for you. We've even got an Eileen Award. It's going to be a good show. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right. Welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurk. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. I got the uh, I got the second booster yesterday. So oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, how are you feeling? I'm feeling okay. Okay, good, uh, good. Uh-huh. 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 Hey, um, why did the in- integers have to quarantine? Why did the integers have to quarantine? I don't. Has something to do with the booster. By the way, I, I do want to mention, I did notice you were sitting a little higher in the seat today. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. You look a little boosted. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know, but I'm not going for it. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Why did the <laughs> integers have to quarantine? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to have to say it has something to do with the booster shot. Because half of them were positive. Oh, sure, sure. This 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 one, by the way, was a submission from a listener. Oh yeah, yeah. So we we appreciate the uh, the, the um, submission there. You know what else that means? And we'll get to uh, we'll get to we'll get to uh-huh. that again uh-huh. in just a little bit as well. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Woo. So, hey, every time my doorbell rings, my dog hides in the corner. Really. Yeah, after all, she's part boxer. Boxer hides in oh, the bell corner. Rings. Go in the corner. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, I prefer warm weather. You do? Yeah, but only to a certain degree. Sure, sure. Um, why did Darth Vader have such a hard time measuring spaceships? Darth Vader had a hard time measuring spaceships. I don't know. Like Google Earth only works on Earth. Yeah. He was using the Imperial system. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's a tip. Everyone should learn to use sign language. Are you doing it right now? It's It's pretty handy. Is it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Oh, man, I got to tell you, my gear conditioner broke. The parts are in back order for what seems like forever. You know, it just, it, it's really, sorry about that. I just had to vent. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you go did you ahead. hear about the lady that bought a talking parrot? No, she bought a talking parrot. She bought a talking parrot. The pet shop promised it was a nice bird, so she took it home. Oh. As soon as she got it home. The bird started cussing. Hmm. So she threatened to throw it in the freezer. She didn't know what else oh. to do. She threatened to throw it in the freezer. Wouldn't stop. She threw it in the freezer. A minute later, she takes it back out. And she asked if it was ready to behave. And he says, bird says, yes, absolutely. But I, I just want to know, what did the turkey do? <laughs> 
That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, I have a I have a friend who's had a nice conversation with his boss, and the boss said, "You know, so currently you work nine to five, Monday through Friday." Uh-huh, uh-huh. said, well, would you be able to work outside those hours? And uh said, yeah, but I might catch a cold. It's true. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep. What did the amoeba say when his sister stepped on his foot? The amoeba say when sis- sister stepped on his foot? I don't know. My toe, sis. Oh, sure. Yeah. Quite cause quite a division in that family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah, that's a divisive joke there. Well, mm. and we would love to hear from Dave Bidlowski on that one as well. Oh yes. Speaking of Dave Bidlowski, yeah, um, he has a fantastic um, segment this this week, and this is about inclusive uh, science classrooms, um, and where. Kids can feel can feel as though they belong, and we know how crucial that is in middle school, especially. Mm. Though it's also true in elementary and high school. Um, middle school is really that time when kids are, you know, really figuring things out. So here, without further ado, is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of K12science.net, and this is your K12 Science Podcast. I was recently reading the May-June 2022 issue of The Science Teacher, a publication of the National Science Teaching Association, and I read the Editor's Corner written by Anne Haley McKenzie, and she wrote an article entitled Inclusive Strategies for the Science Classroom. She said, Welcoming, Listening open-mindedness, common ground, social identities, respecting, suspending judgment, authenticity, purposeful, positionality. Inclusive strategies in our science classes include all of the above in some form. We strive to make our classroom and our teaching welcoming for all students, regardless of their social identity, gender identity, ableism, cultural or sexual orientation, race, and a multitude of others. No student wants to be othered. To be othered means feeling invisible, having a voice unheard, and an identity undervalued. Teenagers in particular want to fit in, to belong, and to feel accepted. By having inclusive science classrooms, we can strive to reach this goal. Within STEM fields, Many groups have been othered and not welcome to the profession. A microscope does not care who looks through it, yet the STEM establishment seems to. Only 13% of STEM professionals are Hispanic. A mere 25% are black. These figures are distressing and prevent a symphony of talent and conversation to occur in these fields of study. The STEM pipeline is leaky. And we as science teachers must do all we can to ensure that all of our students know the STEM career door is open to them if they choose to enter. However, once they enter that door, we must do all we can to keep them exploring and engaging in STEM careers in order to reduce the current attrition rate. 
In our classrooms, we want our students, authentic voices and selves to be present and expressed. By doing so, they will be more likely to see STEM as a welcoming place for all. Do we offer alternative assessments to showcase our students' talents? By doing so, we make our learning spaces more inclusive for all. Having students provide input into what content they learn and how they learn is an empowering aspect to all students and can still be done in such a way to ensure that standards and three-dimensional learning are addressed. When studying gas laws, why must students push through one problem after another without understanding why gas laws are vital to their everyday lives and experiences? These problems do not address the individual or collective needs of the students and can deter students from even engaging with the problems. Science teachers who respond to the question, why are we doing these problems, with, they are on the test, only serve to alienate students even more. By providing an inclusive classroom, there will be less need for redirection, consequences, and oppressive strategies because the students will have greater ownership of their work. The classroom environment also provides space for building meaningful relationships among students, the teacher, and the curriculum, making the entire classroom ecosystem a healthier place for all members. The time is now for more attention to be paid to providing an inclusive environment for all learners. Our STEM pipeline depends on it. Our future as a progressive scientific country depends on it. Our scientific literacy depends on it. The health and well-being of all members of the educational community depends on it. Our ultimate goal for an inclusive science classroom is to make sure all of our students can bring their authentic selves to school and feel that they belong while providing engaging, responsive, and stimulating learning environments. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. All right. Um, let's see here. We have an Eileen Award this week as well. We do. We do. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I, I can, I, this was one I can read and actually pronounce the name. So yeah. I was uh, sneaking down the hallway, and, uh, and uh, one of the teachers stopped me and said, Hey, I listened to your show. I listened to, to Middle School Matters. Love the joke section. Does he take requests? <laughs> and uh, I said, well, you know what? Shoot him an email and ask him. Uh, I said, okay, I'll ask you. I'll ask. I'll ask. So, uh, so this week, the Eileen Award goes out to Mike Mafasoli, math teacher extraordinaire. Um, and, and, and I know, Mike, this is your first time listening to the show last week. So let me explain briefly what the Eileen Award is. All right. Our first fan mail came from an Eileen. Um, well, Eileen. And um, we asked if we could, you know, name the award after her. And she was all for it. And we said, uh, so the award, you know, should come with some sort of prize. So we, we asked for his okay. And she said, yes. So, Mike, you get a hug from Eileen. Now, we don't know where Eileen lives. We don't know where she is. Uh, planet earth is our closest guest but whenever you find eileen um you can collect your hug um but it, uh, it's up to you to find eileen to collect your hug so yeah, with the with the small exception of not knowing where she is what she looks like her name beyond eileen <laughs> that's true yes it's just eileen 
other than that, <laughs> we're good to go. It's yours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so, the first joke was bought was brought to you by by Mike as well. Oh, was it? He was our our. our... Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, excellent! He sent it along. Yay! I love it. So the other thing we've been talking about Genius Week, um, and so Genius Week is now complete, mm-hmm. and. I've thought I'd ask you to reflect a little bit on Genius Week, how it went. Are you going to make any changes for next year? Um, did you notice anything different about this year versus previous years? Um, any, uh, were there any, um, you know, kind of uh, real heartbreaks? Um, anything that was kind of a showstopper? That kind of thing. We had some kids that really embraced it and did a good job. We had other kids that, a number of kids that were like, I'm just going to get through this. And we had some kids, of course, you know, every group, you'll have some that um, gave their least effort. Let's put it that way. Um, But I think some of the things that we discovered that we were surprised at were the number of kids that tried to weasel out by doing something that really was not within the spirit of the of the of the project so we're gonna have to go back and sit down and go well we're gonna eliminate these choices simply because um you know if the kids choose to weasel then um we want something that's gonna make it hard for them to to weasel out of it the idea is that they're getting up and talking to their peers for the first time as peers right and and presenting to each other and some of them wanted to get out of it by you know, I can do a podcast and then I don't even have to go up on stage. You can press the button. It's like, no, that's not how this works. You can record your podcast in front of us, you know, and like, no. And we're like, yes. And, you know, we had that going back and forth. Um, so we're going to go through and refine a number of the choices. We had 40 some choices and I found a couple that I like that I want to add. And there's some we're just going to plain take out just simply because, um, it's too easy for them to look at us and go, I heard what you said, but um not going to do it. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, we said that for a reason, you know, so you could meet the requirements of the project. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, we were there. We talked about it. We thought so. So we're going to work on that piece of it. Uh, so I created a, a Google Doc and I threw a bunch of things in there. And it's a, it's a reflection for us as teachers. And mm-hmm. I put in there, what are the things we did well? And the first thing I put was nobody died, which is true. None of them died. Um, And then the second heading, heading three, which is your favorite, uh, put a heading that said, uh, what do we need to fix or change? And then the third one is um, resources. And the fourth one is notes. Mm -hmm. Or the third one is notes. And the fourth one is resources. So I'm putting in some of the resources that we used down at the bottom and then opening it up and saying, let's edit this. Let's find a place where we're all comfortable in offering these to the kids. And if, if there's one that we want to get rid of, let's just, let's nick it right here. Let's do it together and nick it in the same document. And then let's build something that we're, we feel better about. Um, and so as teachers, we're doing that. I did use the discussion tool and say reflection piece for the kids. I used it in Moodle mm-hmm. and it turned out pretty well. The uh, Some of the responses were uh, were very good. Some were others, you know, who did it just to complete it. And you're like, okay, I, I see what you did there. 
But then we had some that were straight up honest with us, and I really appreciated those because it gave us good information about what they were thinking. The interesting thing, there are two interesting things. Um, when I said, when I asked them to say, why did you pick your group? Because I wanted to know. Um, because they've had chances to pick their groups before. But why did you pick this group? And the answer is, uh, <laughs> most of the time, was they needed me. <laughs> the question wasn't <laughs> about them picking you. The question is, why did you pick them? Oh, no, no. They need me. Oh, you know what? <laughs> that is a powerful motivator right there. You were yeah. needed. I love that piece. And then, um, oh, what was the other one? Uh, there's another piece, too, that I thought was absolutely hilarious as well. Oh, oh, oh. So um, I asked them, so what did you learn from Genius Week, right? <laughs> I'm thinking they're going to tell me something about the topic that they learned, right? No, every single one of them. No, I really learned what it means to work in a group and to work with other people. I thought, well, you know what? That's a really good skill to have. And um, so we'll see. I'm going to send those uh, reflection pieces off to the team and have them take a look at it and see what they think. And then, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll revise. We're thinking about doing a smaller version of it in December to kind of give them a taste or a flavor mm -hmm. uh, for it for when we do it in June, but not do it as uh, do it uh, over so many days, maybe do it over one or two days. And instead of calling it genius week, call it genius week and a couple days. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then have them get a present, maybe do it all in one day, do it within our rooms, not within the entire team. That way that, you know, build them up to larger and larger crowds to, to build some resilience within them. So we did one interesting thing. I had a student who I kept telling, not telling, kept asking, are you sure you're ready? Have you done this, this, and this? Are you really practiced up? Has your whole group practiced? Kept telling me yes, kept telling me, kept telling me yes. And he and I both knew he was <laughs> lying. <laughs> Straight, bald face, untruths. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, dude, uh, you know, I want to let you live that lie. Because I know there's consequences on the back end. And I was, I straight up told him, this is going to bite you in the rear end later on. I know you and I both know you're not being honest with yourself or your teammates. And you and I both know you're not ready. But I let him, I let, I fed him the rope, right? Because it's better to let him fail now than when he gets to, mm -hmm. you know, the corporate world and he pull, tries to pull the same stunt and he, or, you know, gets out to the, not corporate, but in, anywhere else. If, it, if he's going to fail, I want him to fail with me, somebody who cares about him as opposed to, someone who doesn't and um so he got up and he was like you know we got this and we're gonna do this and he knows full well he ain't ready and uh he bombed he did big time <laughs> and i mean there were crashing this was hindenburg style crash and burn right even after telling him and asking him to do the specific things and all those wonderful things right so i did I, he came back and he goes what's my grade I, we told him because we hold the paddles, they get to see the numbers. And then he's, he's a, he's very smart with math and he crunched the numbers in his head and he came back and goes, Hey, we got a 64. I said, yeah, 64. He goes, what is that letter grade? I'm thinking, dude, for all your smarts sometimes. So I told him and he's like, is you could just see his face, the, 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 the everything just leaked right out of it. 
And I said, do you remember when you spent all that time messing with the other group, trying to do their project and not doing your own? Yeah. Do you remember when we talked about, you know, maybe doing specific things to make your, your group successful? And you looked at me and said, you didn't need to do it. Yeah. I said, well, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why you got the grade you got. And it wasn't just me telling you this. It's the whole panel. It's the whole teachers, you know, it's, mm -hmm. and everybody it knew this. I said, you're very capable of doing better. And then we spent time remediating and saying, so, you know, when we tell you stuff, we're doing it because we care for you. We're doing it because we want you to do your best, not because you think we're getting in the way of you missing out on anything else in life. And that was a really hard lesson for him to learn. But I'd rather he learn it with us than he learn it through a much more mm -hmm. um, high value. I say high value, but uh, through high a different stakes. experience where the, yeah, high stakes, uh, uh, something where it's really, really high stakes. You know, this was a chance for us to, to break it to him that <laughs> while he is smart, doesn't always think of everything. And so he, when, when help was offered, maybe, maybe he should take it. So it was, it was a good learning experience for him. And he wasn't the only one. There are a number of others who we had to do the whole paraclete thing where you come alongside and, and teach and instruct and say, now you've just been through this experience and here's why you're experiencing all these feelings that you're feeling. And here's what you can do next time to make it better and remember this the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think they will. I think that's one of the reason why we thought about doing genius weekend in December and then doing genius week in June. So we, we launched them out with that feeling of success at the end. Now, granted all of them came to us later and said that they really enjoyed the process and that they, um, they would do it again, even though they were scared to death, of course, to do it in front of their entire peers. But, um, if you watch them, they were all dying to get on stage, to be in front of each other, to show off something that they had learned or that, uh, that they knew. Um, we also noticed this, this is something that, that concerned us was an extreme lack of creativity. And it's been going downhill over the past few years. Um, we had one group that really took the reins and did something creative and the rest were imitated imitative. In other words, they took what they had seen in class and they simply just regurgitated information to us. And we were like, no, your job was to transform it and take what you knew and build it into something. And, and a lot of them at the very end through our questioning, were like, oh yeah, we could have done that. But it was, it all lacks from, all stems from a, what we noticed are called a lack of creativity. They did not think create creatively they were all thinking in terms of i'm going to take all this information and repeat it back uh, one of them when he got done with this presentation we said that was wonderful so can you explain genome to us like the word genome what is that and they just sat there and blink blink <laughs> wikipedia is a great resource but unless you know the words you're using it makes it difficult to come off as an expert or a genius about it blink 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 and they're like yeah yeah okay i got it from wikipedia and i cut and pasted okay well this is now you know and then we had to go through and explain the problems with that and, and, they, and it, it hit home they're like yep totally see it I get it i understand it so it's a great learning experience it's also very for some a hard learning experience that didn't happen with everybody um but we did notice almost across the board there was no um it's just a lack of creativity. I'm going to do some old theater games, I think, in the fall. 
just and in advisory, just do some theater games with them and make them imagine and make them think um, on the Z axis as opposed to just X, Y. That part I got to figure out yet, but um, yeah. So I'm sure I, I, that was, that was quite the wander through genius week. I don't know if I hit everything that we thought about talking about or let's open it up to our phone lines for questions and to try. Okay. So I, I issued like five or six questions there and I think you did a nice job of answering all of them. <laughs> so I, so I, I did. it is interesting that um, to get kids to speak in front of you, um, the rest of the, to a large audience, because that's something that's hard for a lot of kids. It's something that's hard for a lot of adults. <laughs> as well um so did you have any kids that were like no no not nope not gonna not gonna do it no because we make a rule they can't do it alone they yeah. have to do it with others and so it's not just them so we use kind of a peer pressure mode uh, a model it's um you're not letting yourself down you're not letting me down you're letting your three best friends down and they're immediately that's like, oh, stink. You used that card. <laughs> now I have to go up there. That's like a double dog dare or something. I, oh, that's like mean, Mr. McGurr. Yes, yes, this is why I'm mean and evil. I know you say it and you're not, but this is. It's, 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 we have fun with it. But, um, but yeah, no, we do that. And we also, we tell them, look, um, you can't do it. Well, kids come up and say, can I do it solo? And we're like, not this one. There, there, I know we've done that in the past. That we've let you do it solo, like you know, in the regular classrooms. But this is one where you are going to find your your two, three best friends, and you are going to uh, knock this project out. And in the end, they're like, "I get it. We need to learn to work with each other." And and one of the things in the feedback we got was how much that they. Uh, well, I asked the question. So, what did you learn from Genius Week? Thinking, what did you learn about the topic? And none of them, none of them talked about the content. All of them talked about the importance of learning to work together as a group and to produce something and, and, and put it out there. And um, that was not what I was. It's one of those questions where you ask the question thinking that you'll know the answer and you're looking for a specific thing <laughs> and something else comes out of left field and you go, oh, that was a better answer. That's better than what I was looking for. Oh, I just got to rework the question a little bit. But um, so, yeah, we don't let them we don't let them work alone on this and it's easier to stand up with other mm -hmm. people than it is to stand alone. It's still hard. Um, I'll tell the best example. And I tell this to the kids is, uh, when I was in middle school, I think it's eighth grade. Uh, the, uh, the school did a production of Oklahoma and, um, my friend, Jim had a speaking part. He had one line in the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I stood next to Jim in the course, and um, and and it came time, and we're getting closer. Sorry, we came close to the time, and Jim turns to me and goes, "I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it." I said, "You can't do what?" He says, "I can't say my line. You say my line. You say my line." I said, "What?" He goes, "I can't say my line. You say my line." <laughs> so I did. <laughs> Was the best part was the the lady doing the conducting the the, the director never realized it wasn't him. 
So anyway, yeah. So I mean, there's opportunities for that, right? You still get scared when you're in a large group of people, and we're talking about there were, you know, I don't know, a hundred kids in this cast, and and he still he's one of a hundred, shorter than I am, kind of half hiding behind the girl in front of him, and um, still couldn't do it, and that's okay. I mean, I I get it, right? But it's a lot easier. It's not still not going to cure everything, but it's a lot easier when you're up there with people. So here's the crucial question. What was the line? Oh, um, it's I right. I, I would have, I would have bet that, that no, after relating that story, I would have bet you would have said in the, you know, the line was. No, it's because it was a throwaway line. Really. It's what it was. <laughs> it wasn't a, it wasn't a crucial part to the um, play. It was a, something that she had written and thrown in there because she had a cast of 100 and needed something to do. I think she, I think what, if I remember rightly, it was a, a line where uh, Edo Annie crosses over to the platform that was extending on, up from the stage on the right-hand side, and the bad guy needed motivation to walk across over to Edo Annie's side of the stage. So she threw in that line that wasn't originally in the thing. Mm-hmm. So literally, it was a throw-in line, and she could give it to anybody, so she gave it to him. Okay. Yeah. It just it's always interesting to me how memory works. And a lot of times things like that like you remember. It's not it's not like consequential as you say it's not literally consequential but frequently because there's so much emotion involved that's something that you remember. So, okay. And and to be honest, I remember it mostly because he brings it up every time I see him and he, he we laugh about it, right? For him, it was huge. And it was big for mm-hmm. me, but it was huge for him because he remembers that it was a lot more stressful for him than it was for me. But I laugh because that's that's a good example of, of you know the power of speaking in front of a crowd. Now, he does it all the time now, right? And he could do it afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, he just he panicked, and that's what happens to when you're in eighth grade. And that's one of those growth things in middle school. That's one of those things where we can help kids kids grow. They may not be successful at that moment, but maybe that's the thing that helps them be successful in the future. So, yep. Yeah. So we so had any, our, any other Go ahead. Did the did the phone lines light up? I'm just checking. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, we've we've kind of given up our phone line. So, oh, did we? Yeah. Okay. It, we, we weren't using it, and phone numbers no. are becoming a thing. So. Okay. Um, we had our end of the year picnic. We had kids on Friday. We had a half day. We had yeah. our end of our year picnic. Ooh. We had mainly meatballs. Came in four different flavors. You got to pick which one you wanted. Including okay. buffalo chicken Ooh. with blue cheese. Classic. Mm. Um, there was an Asian with uh, an Asian style with ginger and teriyaki sauce. Oh, that sounds good. And then vegan. Could you really call it a meatball if it's vegan? It Well, it's no. It, 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 it was a vegan ball is what they called it. Shouldn't that just be called falafel? So, <laughs> um, 
So yeah, they were they were <laughs> really good though. Um, okay. And you also um, you also got macaroni and cheese if you wanted it. Oh, nice. Which was not vegan. Um, as someone pointed out. Um, and we also had Mr. Tuna, which is sushi. Oh, which okay. was good as well. And then we also had an oyster bar. Did you? <laughs> so we had oysters on the half shell. So are these food it trucks really that came? <laughs> was it really good? I bet you're in the right spot for it. Uh, I, I, no, wait. Are these food trucks that came? Yes. Did your okay? Yep. All right. Those are fun when they come yep. to schools. Our boss did one with uh, tacos. Matter of fact, uh, when I did the uh, the thing for um, launching the the DC trip, uh, the lady who runs the taco truck in our area came and said, "Let's work together." She says, "We'll do a help do a fundraiser for your for your trip with the taco truck," and I was very grateful because. Those things are wonderful. Well, you ate really good then. You ate, you did really well. I, I'm I'm just gonna say in my previous district we got like hot dogs and hamburgers, and this was definitely a step up. <laughs> you know what we really, get in my district? This was really good. <laughs> it looks good. In my district, we get nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, then get, uh, oh. I also made waffles for my team in the morning. So we had waffles in the morning, and we had meatballs and sushi and oysters in the afternoon. Well, shucks. You just talked me into it. I am definitely switching districts. Okay. I believe there's some op- – I don't know if there's openings or not. I know we hired a, several teachers. So. Um, but the I'll commute. I'll have to look at the you. commute. Or, that's, the, that's, that's the breaker right there is the commute. Potentially, I'll not put in a word for it. I don't know. You'll um, warn them. What he just told folks, if you're listening, what he just said is, "That's okay, Sean. I'll warn people about you." <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> well, I have a question. So, being Maine, um, were there any moose meatballs? There were not. There were not. Okay. But this past week, I did. I think that we finished up our work on moose, my partner and I. Um, oh, yeah? So it goes to review at this point, and whatever feedback we get, we'll make those changes and adjustments. Um, but, but yeah, that was interesting. I can tell you that um, um, – how can I say this? Uh, they're – their Drupal installation is not exactly my favorite. Okay. Um, there was some uh, there was some work that I lost because it didn't save. So then I got to the point where um, where I was doing I was doing one step and then I would save it. And you have to save twice. You have to save like that thing. And then you have to save like for the whole site thing, which then kicks you back into the view only, which then means there's <laughs> a couple different clicks to get back to where you were, which is kind of frustrating. Um, and there, there was that, there was that part of me that was like, 
this would be easier in Moodle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there is that. So, but it was interesting. I'm really, I'm glad that I did it. Um, I don't know if I will apply to do it again in the future or not, but um, I'll, I'll have to see. I'll have to see how, how you know, what things I have going on as well in that. But, uh, but I'm glad that I did it. So, yeah, it was it was fun, and that is something that it, it's it's a little weird because it is OER. Anybody can access it and use it, but you can't necessarily like download it and put it in your instance kind of thing. Yes, that's true. So, I did know. do an end of year email to my students and parents, mostly geared towards the parents. And in there, I did say, look, if you're looking for something for your students this summer, you need to check out Moose. And I put in the link. And so I'm hoping that uh, my students take advantage of this because I think it's a really cool uh, site, lots of opportunities. Yeah. Um, there, There is some good stuff there in that as well. So... Um... You know, you might want to, and and it is all free, and it's very self self directed for the the kids to do. Um, no information is really saved on site, so you don't have to worry about like privacy issues and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, you can definitely check it out. Another thing you might want to check out is the Twitterverse. Oh yes, the Twitterverse. Uh, our favorite, Richard Byrne, R.M. Byrne. Uh, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? A geography lesson. And this is actually a, a, it's a, it's a lesson designed for kids to calculate using uh, Google Earth and some other tools. Um, you know, given these resources, get yourself to Carnegie Hall. And uh, it's really cool. It's a, it's a nice uh, way of incorporating geography uh, and uh, some other interdisciplinary uh, planning stuff. Uh, Senator Sean McCann at Sean McCann or Sean A. McCann. Um, this I thought was very interesting. And now I'm going to pick your brain about it just a little bit. Uh, it says, he says, I was proud to join a bill package to attract and retain teachers in Michigan led by my colleagues, uh, Senator Planky and uh, Winnie ba- uh, Brinks. My bill, Senate Bill 1100, would create a no-cost pathway for support staff members to become certified teachers and then there's a link in the in the show notes and i thought there was um the 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 package include list includes a student student teacher stipend act Mm -hmm. which would provide student teachers a stipend of nine thousand six hundred dollars in total for service as a student teacher i've never thought of my work as a student teacher as service because i paid for it but um so you could now, if you want to be a student, uh, do your student teaching, $9,600. Uh, resolution to eliminate higher education funding from the school aid fund. Uh, it's a Senate joint resolution. Not sure how that's going to help. You know, let's get rid of higher education funding. Um, and that's going to help teacher ed, but apparently it is. A grant program to reimburse student teachers for the cost of child care during their service up to $10,000. So you could get... $19,600 for student teaching so far, a grant program to pay for the cost of teacher professional development that is required with teacher certification. Okay. So in other words, they'll pay the district or pay the teacher. I'm not sure which, mm-hmm. but if you include your, 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 
aids in the in the professional teacher professional development, then there's money for that. Expanded support for new teachers to provide coaching and support system for teachers in their first three years of service, which I believe there's already a federal thing for that um, as it is right now. A loan repayment program for recently certified college graduates who commit to teaching, hold a valid, valid teaching certificate and are employed in a school. So it's a state version of the Teach for America Act. Uh, illumination, this is what I thought was interesting. Uh, another thing I should say, eliminate the Michigan test for teacher certification requirement for out-of-state teachers with three years of successful performance in uh, evaluations in their previous state. That is huge mm -hmm. in Michigan because there's a number of people that would like to come to Michigan, but <laughs> Michigan doesn't recognize out-of-state certification. This is a big step towards that. The elimination of the prohibition on wage and step increases, allowances of retroactive wage increases, and eliminates the insurance increases passed to employees when a contract expires. And that's going to be that's going to save the districts a little bit of money. The the elimination of the MTTC. Let me also mention um, with the previous uh, uh, state thing. Um, it also means the states will now, or at least Michigan, will become now more competitive because they can go to other states and go you're a good teacher you you if you come to michigan you know you will we'll compete for your your mm -hmm. talents and you com will compete for your labor which i think is a great thing for teachers because now then teachers can say that's fine you know you want me show me that you want me a no-cost pathway for support staff members to become certified teachers and there's no other details in that it's just a, a, a statement so we'll see exactly what that looks like uh, a grant program to districts to provide hands-on learning experiences in grades 6 through 12 to encourage students to consider a career in education. What a great way to get college kids into schools beyond just their uh, practicums. Mm -hmm. And a repeal of Public Act 53 of 2012, which prohibits school districts from collecting union dues or fees via payroll deductions. I don't think that's going to help uh, keep uh, or bring in teachers, but it's a nice thing. And then a bill to eliminate the cost of sharing of unfunded actuarial accrued liabilities. That's that's a district level thing. So there's yeah. a number of things. I don't know there, how many there, of these will be super effective. What do you think? Well, there are there are a number of things, and I always did find it interesting that like student teaching was something you paid for. <laughs> yeah, because you know you still had to get you still had to collect money. Um, some of the numbers are kind of interesting. They'll pay a student teacher ninety six hundred bucks, but re reimburse costs of childcare by more. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just kind of an interesting, interesting thing. But the opening up the pathway for um, support staff members to become certified teachers. I think that's huge. I think that could be very, very beneficial. Um, cause I think you have people who are interested, um, <clears throat> and just need the training, uh, frequently in in schools, you know, they're, they're maybe working as paraprofessionals or they may be working as secretaries and, uh, administrative assistants and, um, all kinds of roles. And I think that could be very, very valuable. Um, the reciprocal, uh, reciprocation of certification, I think is huge. I think that's an easy way to potentially get some teachers. 
um, and it just makes sense. <laughs> so, so yeah, I like it. At least they're, they're, they're it's something and it's rational, right? It's not yeah. just like pie in the sky kind of things. And you're also not shooting for, you're not sh shooting so far afield that you're drawing in people who are doing it for the cash, not doing it just because they're or right. doing it just for the cash, not because they're not interested in kids. You're, you're you're already targeting people who have already expressed an interest in in teaching and being with kids. So I thought that was interesting. Um, teacher goals at teacher goals. Uh, says no lies detected. And there's a graphic with it goes with it. It says teaching where you refuse to throw anything up because it might be useful in 47 years when you do that one art project. And that is so true. <laughs> I was looking at, I was cleaning up my room because I, it looks like not next year, but the year after we'll be in a, I want to say new building, but we'll be in a building. A building. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, we're going from a building that was built in 1960 to a building that was built uh, closer to the turn of the century. Oh, wait, wait, not this century. The other one. Um, <laughs> the other century. Yeah. Um, this is, it's, you talk to people and it's like a huge demotivational. We're going from a building that was built for middle school kids to a building that was never intended <laughs> for middle school kids. It's like, this is, you're just physically making it harder but anyway mm -hmm. um that's that's neither here nor there it's not a that's not a choice so i thought i'd throw that out there i thought that was funny because i'm cleaning i'm getting ready for the potential move and i'm finding stuff that i taught 22 years ago <laughs> and and realizing still in my head i'm going but you might teach that again don't don't ah I'm not teaching exploratory math again, but don't, don't, because you might, no, no, I won't, yeah. but you might, but you might. So you don't, you don't throw it out. It's still up there on the top shelf. Uh, Middleweb at Middleweb. Hammock PD. Find a great choice for summer professional reading. Your review book is free. We'll send it by priority mail. You set your own deadline. Then there's a link in the, uh, in the chat here or in the show notes. Sorry. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an offer. You sign up for a book, tell them why you're interested in the book, what your deadline would be four to six weeks out. And then you read the book over the summer and write up a book review to be published on Middleweb's website. And they'll give you a free book. There, this is quite the extensive list too. Yeah, this is, this is, I mean, they're putting some, some money into this book list. They did not do page lists, though, which <laughs> uh, page list setup is just uh, does my heart good. I don't know. Um, you know, they're, they're, you're not going to print this. I did it with the uh, I did it with our reflection document for Genius Week. I went pageless. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, I found it unnerving. I had security issues over not having margins. <laughs> And page breaks. There's no logical reason for it. Really? Absolutely none. But yeah. that's what a feeling I had. And I was like, I can get over this feeling, but I'm wondering why I have this feeling. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Because our, our show notes are pageless. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And that's something I've been working at getting used to. But to actually, for me to step out and do it on my own and do it with these the, the, the teachers on my team, 
because I know I'm going to hear. Well, so here's another thing, <laughs> right? Boundaries, right? There's the little, the little thing right there, bracket that says, here's the page boundaries. Stay within this if you want everything to show up on your page. You go pageless and it's still there, but you can extend that table out as far as you want to go. Uh-huh. You can play off the edge of the face of the earth. And let me tell you, in years past, I know it's not true now, but in years past, you go off that edges of that, that, that margin and there be monsters, right? <laughs> there, there. And so I can't, I just can't shake that feeling. It's one of those things where you go, yeah, yeah, this is, this is you reflecting back and, and using the dot matrix printer as a reference for everything. And and I just wonder, be, I, you know, I do so much web work and I've done so much web work for a long time that it makes sense to me, right? Because on the web, there's not, on a website, there's not, you know, you don't hit the end of a page and you have a little gray area around it. It, especially with the infinite scroll, you know, it, you, you scroll, it's not like, boom. So for me, it's like, well, this is so much nicer. <laughs> Feels like home. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Um, Beth Hauf is also going through some angst at Beth Hauf. Uh, this is so great to reflect with other leaders on stress busters to prioritize. Moving my body is my number one goal. I've gotten away from this already. Uh, this, sorry. I've gotten away from this and ready to get back at it. And she's got a, put a, a picture in the, uh, in the show notes that'll be on the, on the website. Uh, it's 22 different stress busters for 2022. And I'm wondering if that's something that maybe I ought to put on my board. I, I get mm-hmm. mocked for all the stuff I put on the board behind my desk, but um, that's something I put on there and just kind of circle the ones that these are things that I can do pretty easily. Mm-hmm. And uh, others are, those are my challenge activities. And make that as a way to, to bust and stress because we're I think we're gonna have some stress next year. We've got new principal, new assistant principal, new counselor, um one, two, three, four new teachers in the building. It's just it's gonna be it's gonna be that kind of year. Everything new. Not everything, but a lot of things new. Ditch that textbook at ditch that TXTBK. Get 25 free Google Drawing Graphic Organizers and learn how to create your own. Got a link to the to the uh, to the, the that resource in the show notes. So please head over to the website middleschoolmatters.com and you can uh, grab those from Ditch That Textbook. Something else you can do on the web is you can go to hashtag MSChat every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And as Troy says, the Twitter never stops. It doesn't. Um, and not only does Larry Ferlazzo never stop, but Richard Byrne doesn't either. True. Um, and he has this really nice, um, he got a scam copyright infringement. And I think this is neat for teachers to see. Uh, and you could use it with students as well, because he walks through some of the things, some of the keys that he uses, uh, and some of the ways that he does research to make sure that this really is a scam and not something that's legitimate. Um, and some of the steps that he takes, I think, are very valuable. Teachers should know, and students should know. So 
not only should should you you should be able to verify whether you know the email that you get is is legitimate or not and he just walks through some things that i think are really nice in how to do some research and he shows you and he actually does the research um he got a a copyright infringement where they were really trying to get a link placed on his blog so wow. they they said you use this link and you know please add attribution to this this website and he's like um no <laughs> i know this is a scam because this is public domain that i used you know the image and the person you know he did a little back searching on the person and that so really useful i think for mm. people to get some ideas also it also reveals he has 22,000 emails in his inbox. A man after my own heart. No, no, yes, no, that is yes. wrong. Yes, and, and wait, I, I was I was listening to a, a guy the podcast that we both listened to, and and he said something that I thought was something you ought to hear. He said. Use your email like a filing system. Don't throw anything away. Don't delete it. Just leave it there. It's like a filing system. He says, email space is cheap. Go ahead. Just use it. That, that's fine. But get it out of your face. Throw it into the throw it into the box. I'm perfectly good with that. But know your keyboard shortcuts and just archive it or delete it as you read it. Just boom, boom, boom. And because what happens is a lot of people use their inboxes or to-do list. And if you have 20,000 emails in your inbox, you can't do that because you're leaving things in your inbox. Um, I'm not big on using the inbox as a to-do list, but I do understand that, you know, it's those a few off things. But if you don't, you just archive things. And there is something satisfying about archiving things it's like it goes away it goes away you can still get to it you know it really just puts it into your all mailbox or depending on you know or an archived mailbox depending on your um, email service so i you don't have to delete everything but just get it out of your face just you know as you're sitting there with your fingers on the keys and in in um by default in gmail it's just the e-key and it just all it does is take away the inbox label and it when and when a piece of email comes into gmail it gets two labels it gets all mail and inbox and pressing the e key all it really does is take the inbox label off of it so it's not in your face but you could get to it if you wanted to so he only had eight unread emails so we give him oh, props for that but yeah I just, you know, somebody who has an ungodly number of emails, just like he does. Um, um, that's, that's, yeah, I, he makes me, he makes me feel better. Yeah. So Richard, if you want to fix this, hit me up. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get together, create a couple of habits. Um, another habit that you might want the kids to, de to develop is design thinking. And this is over at Middleweb, um, and I don't know if you if you saw this or not, 
Um, but if you teach design thinking to middle schoolers, can yeah. help uh, incorporate some more creativity. And essentially, the design thinking process is empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. So it's it's one of those things that it gives a process to the kids where they can make mistakes and learn how to do things over and edit. And, um, and this is a similar format to what we all kind of go through, but it gives them steps and it can really help them with with work options as they get into the work world. It might even help them for Genius Week if they mm -hmm. go through that design process as well. Um, so to create things and to work on things. Um, and then they also share a couple of of apps that can help with this. Um, and, you know, there's a mind mapping one called Mind Meister that they, they recommend. So you teach them mind mapping. For some kids, mind mapping is really, really powerful. For some kids, not so much. Um, they talk about Scratch Junior. I would kind of look at Scratch, but that's okay. Um, 3D modeling app where they can build 3D models. Um, so the kids can build some things. But I think teaching kids the design thinking process is very powerful and can help them out and help them do that metacognition of learning how to learn as well. But that might be as it was. So it is. No, wait. So it was as it was? Yes, as it was. <laughs> so um, I'm not into the whole uh, Harry Styles uh, music thing, but Axis the Culture Translator has a song of the week, and it is Harry Styles' As It Was. And um, it's actually his, his take on the pandemic world. Now, there's a lot of As It Was in the lyrics. There's lots. And then and then even more after that. But the idea is that uh, they said, watch the video. It'll give you a pretty good idea that a lot of uh, teens are, uh, and middle school age kids are really identifying with this song as a way of reflecting and saying, this has been our experience during the pandemic. So there's your connector song from Axis the Culture Translator. Um, it shouldn't use it for an oral language prompt because really, as it was, is is 99.9% .9 of the lyrics and oh dear yeah um how long do you think it would take to count to a million longer than i have left on the face of the earth no let's hope not <laughs> I have no idea. I do There's know there's a guy this, named that... Jeremy Hart. This would be fun to do with the do with the kids um, as well. How long do they think it would take to to do it? Jeremy Harper actually did it. We don't have okay. to guess because we know um, when the web was newer, um, i.e., two thousand and seven. Okay. Jeremy um, took a leave from work. <laughs> His boss let him do it. Um, and counted to a million on the internet. And did he 
finally finished like last week? He finished in on September 14th, 2007 and did the chicken dance. Um, it took him <laughs> 89 days. Okay. Half a school year. I have a question. <laughs> okay. Why? <laughs> uh, remember, this was the this was two thousand and seven. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. You're right. He did yes. honestly. He did also raise some money for a nonprofit. There you go. Um, so there was that. It's one of those questions, you know. Or or was that question? Why did he do the chicken dance? Because <laughs> that one, I don't know. <laughs> Well, after doing that much of that one thing, the chicken dance would be a very nice break from 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 numbers. That's dedication to numbers right there. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Can you imagine how boring that would get? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh so. dear. Um and then I'm also gonna share the unicycling clown. Okay. Uh and this is another one that I would work with kids on because what the study is, is they, they watched people walking across a diag kind of thing. And they noted who was walking by themselves, like listening to music, who was walking with somebody talking to them and who was walking, watching their phone. Okay. And they had a unicycling clown. <laughs> now, a unicycling right. clown is probably something that you've would remember if you saw a unicycling clown, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what was they people got to the other side, they, they kind of asked him, did you see anything unusual? Again, unicycling clown would probably fall into that unusual pile. Mm -hmm. um, and, and essentially what they found out is frequently the People with their head in a phone did not see the unicycling clown. Um, so it gets to, it's a, one of those, uh, another way to reinforce with kids that, you know, when your head is in that phone, you don't know what's going on around you and you're missing out on a lot of things as well. So just a fun, fun thing to check out there. Another fun thing to check out is Middle School Matters at middleschoolmatters.com. Um, we've got links to everything we've talked about and a, a couple of other things that we didn't talk about this week, but um, we did want to share with you as well as we go into summer break here. Um, and we really would love it if you'd head over to the podcatcher of your choice. There's several of them listed on the website. Um, and if the podcatcher allows you to rank things, please give us a five-star rating and tell us why Sean is the world's greatest co-show host. With that, this has been Middle School Matters for middle school educators who care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer. <laughs>